Thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Every Wednesday, we talk about a movie and share some fun trivia facts during the conversation. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com. There's a few different ways that you can listen to the podcast. And to find out information about all of that, go to the podcast page at jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. You can also find out how to access past episodes of the show. Joining me this week on the podcast, once again, my wonderful wife, Sue. <gasps> Thanks, Annie. <laughs> Welcome once again. Why, thank you. Great to have you. Great to be back. Cool. We're going to talk about a funny movie today. Oh, yes. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's considered a cult classic. Oh, my gosh. Office Space. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by Mike Judge. Released February 19th, 1999 in theaters originally. Stars Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston, David Herman, Stephen Root, and Gary Cole. An estimated budget of $10 million, domestic gross $10.8 million, worldwide $12.8 million. But that is not an indication of how successful this movie is. That's true. This is one of those movies, uh, another great film, that kind of didn't find its audience in the theater. And this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not marketed correctly. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just didn't make the grade that much. Yeah. Mike Judge has said that more people talk to him about this movie than any project he's ever been involved with. Now, keep in mind, Mike Judge is the guy who created Beavis and Butthead, Mm -hmm. King of the Hill, two very successful animated shows, Idiocracy. He's done a couple of other movies as well. He's the creator of Silicon Valley on HBO. Oh, my gosh. And this above everything else. This above everything else. And he was actually- That's funny. He was offered a chance to make a sequel to this, Office Space 2, still renting. (laughs) But he had so much anguish over this movie, the making of it, and and the way it didn't really perform the way they had hoped, that he really didn't want to put himself through that again. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of rough. He said that the uh, people at Fox really fought him on a lot of stuff. And he just felt like he didn't even have anybody on his side. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, they didn't like the cast. (laughs) They hated the gangster rap. And he said that the cut in the movie was hard to fight for. So he had to fight all those battles and he won. And then it came out and it didn't do well. And the studio was like, oh, see, you should have listened to us. I remember hearing an interview with him or reading an interview with him where he talked about after the success of King of the Hill, Mm -hmm. which came after Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. He had fuck you money, as he put it. (laughs) That he could do anything he wanted at that point, and he didn't have to worry about getting approval from a studio or whatever. Was that for anything or just for animated stuff? Basically, when you say you have fuck you money, it means that you're not worried about making money at that point. Live action anything, yeah. Yeah, he could do whatever he wanted. And that's why Idiocracy is clearly not a a feel-good kind of movie. Right, It's funny. Yeah. And kind of disturbing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, but so this came out before all that success. Yeah. He wasn't really tested, I think, as a movie director. Yeah, this was his first live action movie, right? Yeah. Live action thing. Yeah. As far as I know. As far as I know as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. The executives were even giving him a hard time because they didn't like the fact that the people in the cast didn't smile. They said to him, <laughs> it's supposed to be a comedy. They're, they have to smile. And he was like, no, these people hate their jobs. Yeah. They don't smile. <laughs> that That's kinda... part of the story. You know, it sounds like he was dealing with a lot of Lumbergs from the studio. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. Every time he showed him something, the answer was always, uh, "Can you change that?" <laughs> um, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to need you to change that yeah. sequence. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <It's> so funny, <laughs> Lumberg. Lumberg. It never ceases to amaze me 
when you hear about movies being made and you hear about executives from the film studio that come in and they mm-hmm. just try to meddle all that. Yeah. I get it that they're the ones putting the money up for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to leave well enough alone and let creative people do their thing. Yeah. Because when you start to micromanage, then everybody's on edge. Mm-hmm. I think the gangster rap works. I think, I think so it's too. great. Yeah. Because these guys couldn't be whiter. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And the fact that Michael Bolton, <laughs> um, you know, is in the car and he's, you know, singing along to it and singing along to it. And then when the guy approaches him as he stopped in traffic. Yeah, the guy, I guess, selling flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, leans, leans he over turns and locks, it down. Turns and locks the and door. Locks the door. <laughs> Talking about racism. Yeah, then the, the, the guy's gone and then he's like, got it up again and he's doing this. Yeah. <laughs> So white. He's so white. Yeah. And that's that's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of traffic, the fact that they open with the traffic jam. Yeah. And then always, always when you're sitting in traffic and you look at the other line of traffic and it's moving <laughs> and you, oh, you're like, I just got to get in that lane. So you finally get in that lane and then that lane stops right. in the other. <laughs> that's oh, a great gag. A classic. Great gag. And then also part of that scene is when the old man with the <gasps> walker was like ahead of him. Yep. He makes it to the corner ahead of him. It's That's like really an old funny. man with a walker. I mean, that so that was filmed on Interstate 635 Beltway in uh-huh. Dallas, which is supposedly still notorious for traffic jams to this day. Yeah, it's like an LA highway. Probably. Oh man, <laughs> which I hear are the worst. Oh, it. I yes, I can vouch for that. <laughs> Absolute worst. In New Jersey, ask someone how far is something, and mm-hmm. we'll answer in time. Oh, it's a half hour away. It's 20 minutes away. It's 10 minutes away. Right. In California, when I lived there, I noticed nobody did that. Everyone talked in miles. Right. Oh, it's five miles away. It's 10 miles away because no one would put times on things because to go five miles could take you an hour on the five. It's amazing. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) So seeing that traffic just, it sets the mood for the whole thing. Yeah. The drudgery of going to a job that you hate. Yep. I mean, mean, and that's the thing about this movie that I love. We've all been there. Oh, We've sure. all had that job. Oh, sure. We've all worked for that boss. Yeah. Hopefully, most of us are not doing that anymore Hopefully. or not working for that yeah. person yeah. anymore. At least this gives you a chance to sort of laugh at that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the, the consultants coming oh, in and they start yep. interviewing everybody about their jobs. Yep. And yep. I've witnessed that. Yeah. It's such an uncomfortable thing for everybody involved. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. And I also love the way that the office scenes are shot. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of come in and above so you can see all the cubicles. Right. And then they show him from above and everything is gray. Yeah. I never noticed that. But yeah. like the walls are gray. The cubicles are gray. <laughs> the, the the desktops, it's all just gray and lifeless. And oh, it just, oh, you yeah. can feel the life just getting sucked out of you in there. I love uh, how in, in front of the office, they have a statue with a square peg and a round hole. Yes, <laughs> that is so weird. Of course, the square peg and a round hole is, is all about not fitting in. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, so it's a shame that Mike Judge had such a rough time making this movie. It doesn't show. When you watch the movie, it's yeah. it's fun. It's mm-hmm. great. Admittedly, it wasn't on my radar when it was in theaters yeah, either. Yeah, I don't and think I, don't know, I saw again, it in the movies either. I don't even remember it being promoted well. And 1999, as far as the gangster rap stuff, yeah. that was really popular at yeah, that time. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the 90s. And it was funny when people who were, you know, like not teenagers anymore... Right. And just plain old working white guys. <laughs> but I think it's that music juxtaposed with these white collar, white bread guys yeah. smashing a copier and that kind of stuff. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. You know, because obviously that stuff comes from the streets mm-hmm. and guys who don't have opportunities and, and are, right. are being targeted by the police mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. 
I think it's a funny juxtaposition. Yeah. And obviously the studio didn't get that. Right. It just didn't do so well. So everyone kind of felt like, oh, well, that movie died. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the general attitude. <laughs> But Gary Cole said he around a year after that, he was doing a play in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So he was walking to and from the theater from his apartment. Mm -hmm. So he's walking to the theater one day and somebody shouts out, did you get the TPS report? (laughs) And he turns around. He's like, what? What's that? And everyone's shouting to him like, oh, hey, what about the TPS report? The TPS report. And that was when he realized like this thing actually had legs. Yeah. It's starting to find an audience all of a sudden. (laughs) So the PC load letter scene. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> PC Lowler, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that actually wasn't scripted. David Herman had more lines to say to Ron Livingston, but was interrupted by the photocopier jamming oh, really? in real time and, and didn't understand what it that? meant. Yeah, and, and they thought it was funny and kept it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because who has not been at a printer or a copier that's done something like that? It's funny, that's one of the things, unfortunately, that falls on me at my work is I'm like the custodian for the multifunction device. Mm-hmm. It is a sharp MFD. I call it our sharp MFing device. And um, people constantly are coming into me going, Sue, Sue, the, the copier's jam, but there is no jam. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like this is my day. I'm like, really? Did you pull the green lever? What green? Oh, okay. <laughs> Samir says that. It says there's a jam. There's no jam. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> at work, we've learned when you have to actually turn it off, turn it on, unplug it, when you have to hit it and where you should hit it. Right. You know, everyone, all these machines just, I don't think Mike Judge just likes printers. Again, we've all been in an office where that's happened to yeah. us. And that's just a funny office gag yeah. for a movie. I mean, it's uh, not know, funny when it's happening to no, you no, in no, real life. No, no, no. But in the movie, chances it makes are like you're doing something and you need your stuff right now. Yeah. There's so many great... <sighs> Gags that take place in the office, mm-hmm. like when he sits down at his desk that first day, <laughs> yeah. and you know you got the secretary in the background. <laughs> Corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking. Just, Just a moment. moment. And the same cadence over and over, over again. Over and over. Like I would, I would have strangled her. Yeah, and he hears it in his dream later. <laughs> yeah. So. Just a moment. <laughs> so good. Yep. And then of course, and then they show her, and she's got bright oh, orange hair and yes. ton of makeup. Just looks the part. Yep. 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 So funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he's what diagonally across from Milton? Yeah, he's like a couple, like a cubicle diagonal yeah. away from him. Oh, poor Milton! And he's playing his radio. And... Mm. <laughs> Milton, could you turn it down a little? Oh, I was told well, I, I could. I was told that that I could listen at a reasonable volume, <laughs> and and Linda can listen when she does her. So I was told when I do my collating, I can listen at a reasonable volume, and so. I mean, glasses yeah. and the stain on his tie. What a great character. Mm. You know, the sad thing is that Milton is based on a, a real guy. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's based on an old co-worker that Mike Judge worked with during his days as an engineer. One day, uh, Judge asked the guy how he was doing, and he began talking about how he was going to quit his job because he was forced to move his desk around too many times. <laughs> so... <laughs> When they move Milton down to the basement. Yeah. Then it gets even worse. They yeah. move him down, First, they move him down to the basement. If that's not bad enough. Yeah. Then he goes, yeah, while you're down here, uh, could you take care of that roach problem? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. And each time something happens to Milton, doesn't he say, I could burn down this place. Yeah, I'm going to burn. I'm going to burn this building. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And finally, when he's in the basement and they turn the light off on him, he's like, that's the last straw. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. I'm going to burn this place down. I like how the consultants <laughs> refer to him as the uh, squirrely guy. <laughs> the consultants. Uh, Bob, Bob and Bob. Bob. Great characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing about this movie. All the characters are, are great. Mm-hmm. 
especially the ones that are really played up for comedic value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Peter and Michael and Samir, uh-huh. they're, they're more almost straight men. Yeah. They have funny lines. Yeah, yeah. But the Bobs and yep. Lumberg mm-hmm. and Milton, they're clearly comedic characters. Yeah. So let's talk about the TPS reports. Oh, yes. <laughs> let's. They never say what that stands for, right? They never reference it in the movie. Yeah. TPS is used in the software industry to stand for test procedure specification. Okay. Mike Judge has said, after being asked over and over by fans, (laughs) that he meant the abbreviation to stand for test program set. Oh, okay. It really doesn't matter because it's not something that comes up much in the movie other than the the beginning part. Did you get the memo? (laughs) I'll well, get you another copy of the memo. No, I have the memo right here. <laughs> but I like how he says it's not really a problem because the thing didn't go out yet. Right. I'll, I'll get it. I'll yeah. put it on there before I send it yeah, out. Yeah, I've already taken list- care of it. Yeah. And that's the thing with the bosses. They, they don't even don't listen. listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eight different bosses. Eight bosses. Yeah. I think Lumberg actually has a habit of finishing a conversation and walking away from somebody while they're still talking to him. Right. Just he's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, thanks for taking care of that. And he's gone, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and, and the people are still talking to him. And always with the cup of coffee. Yep, yep, yep. And always with the suspenders and tie that match. Right, right. <laughs> the suspenders and a belt. Right. I mean, which instantly classifies him as a douche, right? right? <laughs> Absolutely. No question about <laughs> and, it. And what were those shirts where the collar and the cuffs were different color from the shirt? Like French collars? French cuff is a cuff that is designed to use a cuff link with. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's if that means the different color, okay. but yeah, but he has that the, too. Yeah, the he's... fact that he wore those shirts and, oh. And he drives a Porsche with right. the license plate, my, my Porsche. Yeah, yeah. And he has his own spot in the mm-hmm. front, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I love when Peter parks in his spot. Yeah. And then he parks in the handicap yes. spot next to it. And then the tow truck comes and rips the rear bumper off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. It's great. <laughs> and if you think about it, for a guy, Lumberg would be a pretty easy Halloween costume. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And then you could just make yourself a little Inatech yep. badge for your lanyard and you're yep. set to go. You probably could go on Google oh, and yeah, Google just, Inatech yeah. badge and probably get everything you need I and just put a picture. Mm-hmm. What a place to work, huh? Yep. <laughs> Too bad we didn't do this before Halloween. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So next year, if you want to dress up as Lumberg... <laughs> And I love how he comes in in the the beginning scene. He goes up to the door to mm-hmm. the lever to let himself in, and he knows he's going to get the shock. Yes. And he prepares himself, and he gets it anyway. Yeah. And then when he comes back after he's been hypnotized, and he grabs the worker's screw gun. Yep. <laughs> and just takes the <laughs> takes the doorknob apart. And then that... he takes his cubicle wall and just pushes it over. What <laughs> he says to the hypnotist, can you just zonk me out so I don't realize that I'm at work? <laughs> I think I'm fishing or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This <laughs> is having the heart attack yeah. while he's hypnotizing him. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so funny. Yep. When he's playing the answering machine message. <gasps> yeah. And it's Lumberg like yeah. 17 times. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sleeps until like three o'clock. Yeah. I could do that. <laughs> I did absolutely nothing all day and it was everything I hoped it would be. <sighs> Could you imagine just having a day to do nothing? You know, it's funny because I like doing stuff. I like accomplishing stuff. Uh I don't mind working. But yeah, when you're working at a place or working for somebody that you just not your heart's not in it. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. That's hard. And it's the drudgery of it. It really is soul sucking. It is. It really is. Although, you know, he says, what does he say? He only does, what, 15 minutes of work in a week, typically? Is that what he tells the Bobs? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in 15 minutes late. He comes in the side door so Lumberg doesn't see him. He leaves early. He spaces out for an hour. He just spaces out again after lunch. It's like, I basically do around 15 minutes of work in a week. 
<laughs> We've all been there, man. I could never get away with that, though. No, no, no. Dang well, but, it. You don't, but you don't hate your job like that. That's though. true. I've I have had jobs though. Right. That have That's been like saying. that though. Yes, absolutely. You know. Yes. <laughs> and I look back on them now and think, so oh. grateful that I don't have a job like that now. Oh, me too. And you don't have people coming up to you if you're a little out of it on a Monday going, somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Although I have done that. I hate to say it, yeah, but, but... you're doing it in a jokey manner and quoting the movie. Yeah, that, like, yeah. They're, like if, you, if somebody actually did that, oh my God. Yeah, because there's been times where my boss has been in on a Monday and been a little grumpy, and I'll right. just go right up to him and go, oh, sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. And he just looks at me like <laughs> has, I have lobsters. Has he never seen this movie? I don't think he has. Oh, man. Like I have lobsters crawling out of my ears. That's the look I get. <laughs> I'm like, office space? No? Hello? No? Oh, man. Yeah. Again, this is a movie... That people were quoting to me for a long time yeah. before I finally saw it. Yeah. It was one of those movies that Comedy Central would have a bunch of times. Yes. And I hate watching movies that are censored, especially if I've never seen them before. And commercials. Yeah, and yeah. So time. It was a while. I can't remember the first time I saw this movie, but it was definitely on home video. And it was mm-hmm. quite a few years after it first came out. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely found an audience. And the audience, I think, keeps growing. Yeah. Because word of mouth. Yeah. But I think this is a classic case, though. Getting back to what you were saying earlier, how the the studio didn't quite understand where they were going with stuff. Yeah. And I think if the studio is not behind you, if the people that are kind of the money behind your project Mm -hmm. aren't enthusiastic about it and don't get behind you and put it out there to the masses, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with this. I think the good news for this movie is that when this movie came out, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't right. have Twitter. Right. You did have the internet, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, there weren't memes back right. then. Although now well, you can find thing. a million Lumberg's memes if you look them up. Nowadays, movies have a better chance of finding an audience through word of mouth because of social yeah, media. Definitely. Yeah, this is a, a really funny one and definitely worth a view. I, I'm telling you, I don't think there's a person alive that's worked in an office that wouldn't appreciate this. Oh, movie. yeah. Yeah. You know. any kind of office. Yeah. You know, because I didn't work for, a, what kind of company is this anyway? Software company or no? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's well, Inatech. Well, something about, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, initi- initiative and technology equals Inatech. Okay. <laughs> something on the side, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's know, very, they're very, I think they were really good about being purposely nondescript yeah. in a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Aside from the converting the bank software for the year 2000 switch, right. Y2K, and which then, was a real thing. Yeah. And then that whole rounding down or rounding off, well, we'll just round up and take the money and right. put it in our account, right. you know? <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, but the downsizing and the consultants coming in and uh. interviewing people about their jobs, when they interview the one guy, so do you take the figures down to receiving? And Well, actually, my secretary, well, what is it that you do here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a real thing. Yeah, that's, you know, absolutely. That really happens. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Tchotchkes. Oh, Tchotchkes. What a great name. <laughs> and that's the other thing Mike Judge has said in interviews that a lot of those things started popping up, these corporate industrial parks or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then they yeah. had the adjoining Fridays yeah, or Chili's or, you know, or, or a combination of a yeah. couple of different ones. Well, because everyone has to eat their lunch somewhere, Bennigan's, right? yeah. yeah. So Tchotchkes obviously is not a real restaurant right. chain, but- right. Clearly was based on Fridays right. with the flair and all that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The set for Tchotchkes was actually a restaurant called the Alligator Grill in Austin, Texas. The Alligator Grill closed down as of 2009 and is now a Chase Bank. Wow. The pieces of flair. Mm-hmm. You know, I really don't like to talk about my flair. 
TGI Fridays was not the only place where servers would wear no. flare, but that's the main one yeah. you think of. I think they were certainly known for, certainly the suspenders. Yeah, the suspenders yeah, with, with the flare. Yeah. A few years after the film came out, TGI Fridays actually discontinued the use of flare <laughs> because people wouldn't stop making office space references about it. Mike Judge said one of his ADs was at the restaurant and he said, why is your flair missing? And they said, "Ah, we removed it because of that movie Office Space. (laughs) That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. He's like, I I think I made the world a better place. (laughs) And we got to give Mike Judge props for doing a great job playing the manager. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That mustache. Yeah, with that wig. (laughs) What do you think about somebody who likes to do the bare minimum? He's like her Lumberg. Yeah, yeah. So when the guy, Tom, mm-hmm. gets hit by the drunk driver. Uh, yes, and he's like in traction. He's in this chair and everything. He throws a party <laughs> because he's getting the big settlement, yeah. which is completely far-fetched. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. so Drew tells Peter about all the men that have slept with Peter's girlfriend, Joanna. Right. You know, of course, played by Jennifer Aniston. One of the guys he mentions is David Rennie, who happens to be the film's editor. Oh, that's cute. So there's a, a nice little <laughs> shout out there. Very um, cute. And by the way, Joanna is Jennifer Aniston's middle name. Oh, Jennifer Joanna. There you go. Old JJ. The Red Stapler. Can you get one of those anymore? They were discontinued by Swingline. Okay. This movie brought them back. Okay. The Red Stapler, coveted by Milton, was created for the film by the prop department because at the time that they made the movie, Swingline was not making them anymore. Okay. They wanted to have a bright enough color that would kind of pop on film. <laughs> it's all that gray. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Know? So that's why they chose red. Mm-hmm. So the film inspired people to contact Swingline and looking for the mm-hmm. red staplers. Mm-hmm. And it was the popular demand of that that brought them back. Nice. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I like how they find it at the wreckage at the end. Yeah. And he decides to give it back to him. Yeah. He's going to find it. <laughs> Didn't you read something cool about one of the songs in the soundtrack? The music that they use for the smashing the copier scene. Mm-hmm was the Ghetto Boys song, Still. When Ghetto Boys did a reunion tour, they would bring a printer out and smash it on stage. That's awesome. (laughs) And it's funny because talk about a movie's influence on pop culture. Yeah. That scene where they destroy the copier (sighs) in the field Mm -hmm. was actually used in a presidential campaign ad. It was? (laughs) Yes. I missed that one. Who uh, was tw- that? 2016 South Carolina Republican presidential primary campaign. Uh-oh. One of Ted Cruz's ads. Oh, no. Was a parody of that where they smashed the copier. But in the ad, it's changed to, damn, it feels good to be a Clinton. Oh, come on. <laughs> and it's a woman dressed up as Hillary, and she's destroying a computer and the hard drive. Oh, that's... If you can find it's on YouTube. If you, look if you, yeah, look yeah, for Ted yeah, Cruz's yeah. uh, office space on YouTube. You'll find it. <laughs> The scene was also parodied by Family Guy, Season 7, Episode 2, I Dream of Jesus, where Brian and Stewie, sick of the surfing bird song, steal Peter's copy and smash it to pieces. Oh, the bird, the bird, the bird. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't put that in my head. It's an earworm. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You know how susceptible I am to earworms? It's true. I'm the worst, man. It's bad. (laughs) But that's not the only way that this has been used in pop culture or has been parodied. No. Michael Bolton. The Michael Bolton? The Michael Bolton. Of course, you know, the character in the movie, a running joke in the movie is David Herman's character, Michael Bolton. Right. He's, you know, I hate that name because, right. you know, that no talent ass clown, right, blah, blah, right, blah. Right. Why don't you just, you know, just go by Mike? I'm not changing my name. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who sucks. 
Now, by the way, I don't think Michael Bolton sucks. You don't. I don't. I think he is talented. That's... I think he's got a good voice, and I think he's a great songwriter. I'm not always in the mood to listen to Michael Bolton music. I know the audience is screaming right now, going, oh, who likes Michael Bolton? Sorry. <laughs> hey, for my money, when Michael Bolton sings When a Man Loves a Woman, it just doesn't get any better than that. I salute the guy's entire catalog. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Bob so, with your braided leather suspenders. That's right. <laughs> So in 2015, the actual Michael Bolton appeared in a Funny or Die video in which he is digitally inserted into most of the scenes where David Herman usually is. And he plays Michael Bolton. I looked it up. It's pretty funny. He does all the lines verbatim, except he doesn't say uh, that no talent ass clown. No. He refers to himself as the extremely talented ass clown, (laughs) Michael Bolton. Hey, listen, Michael Bolton co-wrote Forever with Paul Stanley, which I think is a great Kiss song. Me too. Does he still have the mullet? No, no. He lost the mullet a long time ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I just think of a mullet when I think of Michael Bolton. (laughs) When you mention the mullet, all I can think of is Peter's neighbor played by Diedrich Bader and what a cool relationship they have. I like how they just talk to each other through the wall. You know, they kind of go back and forth between each other's apartments. Yeah. And the neighbor comes in and just goes into his fridge and gets a beer. Yeah. When he offers them the can opener, he's like, I got it. I got it. (laughs) I like that he he brings a beer over in the koozie. Yeah, that's true. And he finishes it. I don't even know that he's finished with it. He just decides to get a cold one out oh, of Oh, yeah, that refrigerator. might be it. But yeah, yeah he's, when he's yelling through the walls, hey, Peter, turn on Channel 9 oh, as a breast exam. Because yeah. they would have that on Channel 9. <laughs> well, you don't know what Channel 9 is in you know this world. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny mm-hmm. how the walls are so thin that, that they hear everything. They hear everything. And then, you know, when they're trying to, they're, they look up money laundering later. Yeah. We're never going to talk about this. And then Lawrence is like, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I won't tell anybody either. Who's that? You know. Oh, he's cool. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to talk about before we, before we uh, close the lid on this? I'm good. <laughs> well, thank you, honey, for talking some office space with me. You're welcome. And thanks to you for listening. Remember, if you'd like to comment on the podcast, if you want to make fun of me for liking Michael Bolton, if you want to talk about a scene we didn't talk about, you can do all that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com. You can tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. Please help others find the podcast. Word of mouth. Share something on Facebook. Share something on Twitter. Show theme music by audionautics.com. And special thanks to our announcer, Kim McKay from kimsvoice.com. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.